Welcome to Maverick Inclusion Dial, where we will discuss all things related to diversity and inclusion on the Minnesota State University Mankato campus, community, and beyond. Hi, everybody. My name is Ramiro Vinambega. I'm an international student from the Minnesota State University Mankato. Uh, you're listening right now to Maverick Inclusion Podcast. And yeah, wherever you are, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good night. I'm not sure how this podcast works. So yeah, it's a pleasure to be here today. And we're going to be speaking about the Hispanic Heritage Month. Of course, I won't be the one speaking about it because I'm not that informed. But we have somebody here with us that will be, will take the lead and will lead you from those concerns of like, I'm, I'm actually being informed. So yeah, we have today here, Sarah. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you, Ramiro. Uh, my name is Sara Aguilar. I'm the director for Latinx Affairs here at Minnesota State University. Uh, thank you for having me on Maverick Inclusion Dial. And um, I guess we can kind of just talk about Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, you know, that has been where about a weekend of the celebrations as, you know, for those of you that don't know, Hispanic Heritage Month is celebrated uh, from September 15th through October 15th. Uh, to kind of celebrate the history, cultural, and contributions of the Hispanic, Latino, Latina, Latinx, and Chicano contributions in the United States. And also, mm -hmm. you know, the Caribbean and Central and South America as well. And also our indigenous populations, because I think that's really important to remember that as Hispanics, uh, Latinos, and Chicanos, we do have that history of indigenous population. To yeah. celebrate yeah it's definitely important um it's kind of crazy when i uh, as i mentioned before i'm an international student i'm from ecuador and i never heard about this hispanic heritage month when i was like in ecuador so it's definitely like uh, uh just a u.s thing and now that i'm a little more informed and we were talking a little bit about it how a latino population is the fastest growing in the whole in the united states population and um, I find it remarkable that there is like a whole month to celebrate those different cultures that even if we just look at Latino culture, we're like around like 20 countries. So yeah, please, uh, will, you, will you like to tell us more about it, Sarah? I'm getting informed right now too. Yeah, so I mean, at least the celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month is more of a United States uh, celebration, but uh, I always like to remind everybody that even though we do have one month that you know is officially observed uh, nationally here in the United States, we do celebrate our culture throughout the year. Um, with Hispanic Heritage Month, it really brings an opportunity for other people to join us in celebrating and learning about our culture and kind of the contributions that have been done in the United States. And you know, just a little bit history behind that. Um, actually, Hispanic Heritage started out as a week back in uh, 1968 under President Johnson, okay? So originally we weren't, you know, before 1968, uh, there was no kind of official recognition of the Hispanic population and everything that involves the history of the United States. Because uh, uh, for most of Southern United States used to be part of what is now known Mexico. And then, you know, essentially a lot of people talk about we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. Mm -hmm. So 
the Hispanic Latino population has been part of the United States before the United States was even a country itself. Um, so there is a lot of history there, especially with our indigenous communities. But in 1968 is when President Johnson decided to uh, recognize us, give us a week to say, hey, the Latinos and Hispanics in the United States are here and we should honor them. And then, you know, after that, it wasn't uh, about 20 years later when President uh, Ronald Reagan decided to expand that and make it a 30-day period uh, between September 15th and October 15th. Um, and that became law in, 19, in August of that same year. Um, and, you know, and the reason behind they, de they decided these dates were uh, because many Latin American countries, um, I know Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua all celebrate their Independence Day on, the, on September 15th. And then Mexico and Chile celebrate theirs on the 16th as well. And they also included Columbus Day to be part of that celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. And I know Columbus Day tends to be a bit controversial mm -hmm. um, because it erases, it erases the, you know, the, all the mass murder that happened to indigenous population, not just in the United States, but also in our Latin American countries because of Columbus Day. Um, but it's also known as Dia de la Raza, so an, a celebration to honor our ethnicity and also our indigenous population, which is that October 12th. And I know there's other countries uh, in Central and South America that do celebrate their Independence Day outside of this time. Um, but we also try to include them um, in the celebration as well. Okay. And I know, I, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about uh, how you guys celebrate your, your Independence Day. Yeah, uh, thank you for putting me on the spot and asking that question. <laughs> So as I, as I mentioned already before, like uh, in Ecuador, the way we celebrate it, so we have two independence days. Uh, we have, we, the first one we call like uh, El Grito de la Independencia. I'm not really sure how to translate that in English. Uh, essentially it's when we declare our independence from Spain. And this one is the 9th of August. My history teacher will be so happy with me right now. Uh, that's the 9th of August, essentially, we commemorate how some patriots like essentially like sign like a declares of independence and they were like okay we're done with the Spanish regime but then with our second independence day uh, is the 24th of May and we celebrate the the our independence from like uh, from the, the Gran Colombia which was a country that was formed back in the days after we we liberate uh, after we liberate ourselves from like from Spain and we formed this bigger country and it didn't work out sadly and yeah we call it independence right there and essentially both days we celebrate in a similar way we have parades and flags out it's a national holiday which is why I love it when I was a kid now I can see the the now I feel like Patrick also like oh this is my flag and whatnot but yeah, essentially, it's just uh, ceremonies to commemorate. Sometimes we have like the army doing parades too, and everybody's like outside celebrating, enjoying their holiday. And yeah, 
if you have your flags, you take it out. Back in the day, it used to be illegal not to have a flag. Now it's more relaxed. But I still, I, I still remember like my dad taking out the flag outside and like just waving it when like the when the military was passing. And I, I'm pretty sure like um, it's kind of a standard celebration, kind of similar, kind of similar to what they do here too. There's some fireworks as well. So yeah. What about you, Sarah? How do they celebrate in like Salvador? Um, it's kind of um, a little bit similar. Um, we don't really have a Grito de Independencia, uh, but we do a lot of parades, uh, national holiday as well. And, you know, a lot of people also decorate with uh, papel picado. So you see that uh, on the streets and things like that. People celebrate uh, parades and, you know, school, the kids march in parades and all that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. So it's a really fun way to celebrate. Um, but for the most part, I, I honestly have never been able to, since I was a child, celebrate uh, Independence Day in El Salvador because uh, I did grow up in the United States. Um, but I also know that Mexico, I think this year, also, they also celebrated uh, Grito de Independencia yeah. uh, at, at midnight and on September 15th at midnight going into the 16th. And I think this year they were celebrating the 219 years of independence, if I remember correctly. Um, so a lot of, you know, the countries have been independent for quite some time, not as long as some people might believe, but uh, there's a lot of pride in going into that celebration, you know, getting freed from Spain or any other kind of colonies that might be, might have had power over them at the time. Yeah, it's remarkable. Uh, the independence wars lasted for like, I would say almost like a hundred years and each country has had its struggle for independence and now forward into like uh forward into like the pressing now um this relation is still going on and it's still important for like our nations and i mean um it's doesn't matter that it's kind of like a never-ending struggle because even nowadays we can say that we can we're still um we're still like fighting for independence or now it's more like economic independence but yeah and it's important to commemorate those type of days it's just remark it's remarkable how this struggle keeps going and essentially like uh, it's up to us who are now here to keep it up I'm, I'm very, I'm very surprised to be honest to see that uh, a whole month is given to like for is given is given to is given from the year to celebrate um, this heritage. Um, just looking at his history um, from one week to a month, uh, do you know anything about how that happened when it became a month? Well, Ramiro, um, I know mm -hmm. that the national. Hispanic Heritage Month, you know, the origins were, like I mentioned, back in 1968. And so Congress at that time, you know, requested the president issue a proclamation for Hispanic Heritage Week, uh, which included September 15th and 16th. And so the president at the time, which was Johnson, decided to uh, pro pass that proclamation and acknowledge. Hispanic Heritage Week. And then that was extended later on, well, in 68 and 88, both uh, 
you know, Presidents Nixon and Ford Carter and Reagan between those, you know, 20 years also issued annual proclamations for a week in, you know, September 15th and 16th of those dates to have it as the National Hispanic Heritage Week. And then Congress, 20 years later, 1988, passed an additional amendment and established that Nas National Hispanic History Month. Okay, and then the president uh, added that annual, um, issued the annual proclamation for that September 15th and through October 15th for Hispanic Heritage Month. And there has been presidents annually after that that have, you know, also issued annual proclamations for National Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, including President Day um, president as well. So that's kind of like the short version of how Hispanic Heritage Month went from just one week to a month. Like a month. Yeah. But like mm -hmm. I've mentioned already, uh, we don't stop celebrating our, our heritage and our culture just because uh, the government decided to give us a month to be recognized. We, we do it all year long. Um, and we welcome everybody to ask us uh, or to ask me and reach out if you have questions. And we do celebrate it here at Minnesota State Main Cato with events uh, yeah. that's, that's open to the public. And this year with COVID um, happening, with COVID-19 happening, we have extended our events to be virtual online so anyone can view them. We've already had two of our events. Our first one was a brief history of Latin American Independence Day. Uh, which was a great presentation done by one of our uh, Spanish professors, uh, Dr. Duplat. And we will have the recordings available soon, um, available for, for everyone to view them. And then yesterday we hosted our second event, which was Hispanic and Latino identity in the US, which was presented by one of our other professors, uh, Dr. Andrea Gordillo, and she did a great job you know, just touching the surface on what it is and what it means to be um, Hispanic and Latino, Latinx, whichever identity um, individuals choose to identify with. And then we also have quite a few more, uh, you know, presentation and events. Uh, everybody's welcome to. Our next one is going to be in October. Uh, and we'll be talking about, you know, how politics use uh, stereotypes and contradicting stereotypes uh, of of Hispanics and Latinos and Latinx to benefit kind of their platform. And this one is our from bad hombres to essential workers. So I do invite everyone to join us on Thursday, October 8th from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time uh, for that presentation. And you can actually find all our events listed on our uh, Minnesota State Main Cato website. Just go to uh, www.mnsu.edu slash dish. And you can see all our presentations on our calendar, dates and links to register for our events. And then we always end, usually we always end our Hispanic Heritage Month with Latino Night where we celebrate uh, different Latino cultures with you know a, a big celebration, different performances, um, from different countries and also so you know performances by our students on campus 
And this year we will be hosting it virtual as well. And that's going to be on Saturday, October 17th. So go, you know, I definitely encourage everybody to kind of check, check out our website and kind of register for those events. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. Definitely, like, some, anybody who's interested, not, it's not just for, like, Hispanics or Latinos or Latinx, uh, should, like, take advantage of these, like, wonderful, like, opportunities to, like, learn more about the culture or just the history, the background. Um, I really, like, enjoy the, the brief history of Latin America. There's a lot of things that I didn't know. Like, my history teacher will be mad at me for that, too. And also, like, or uh, the identity one, where, like, there's these different terms. Uh, something that was mentioned in the event, and maybe it's just kind of to catch people who are interested in it, like, before coming to the States, I did not know the term Latino existed. And it's something that I learned here now, and I, so I use it to identify myself sometimes, also, like, the term Latinx. So these little things is just resembles how, like, um, there's so much more in a culture or a group of people, but also like Latino, like, um, Hispanics or Latinos are not a, a monolithic group. They're like conformed with like a different people. So it's nice that uh, they're they are being celebrated and essentially like, it's always good to like learn more about our neighbors. Right. And, and I think, you know, like you mentioned that you had never heard of the term Latino uh, or Latinx before you came and studied at the U.S. And that just really shows kind of how it varies from the U.S. all the way to South America, how everybody identifies themselves. Um, and, and the, you know, kind of some of the brief history on how that was, it was there used to be no way to identify us in the United States. And by us, I mean anybody that, you know, is Latin American origin, uh, Caribbean, and so forth, that is considered part of the Hispanic culture. And that's kind of where that came from, you know, the identifier of Hispanic, uh, Latino, uh, started in the U.S. to kind of identify and group all the people that came uh, from Central and South America and the Caribbean. Um, because before that, we were all kind of identifying ourselves as our nationalities, you know, like um, if you were from Ecuador, you were Ecuadorian. Um, if you were from El Salvador, you're Salvadorian. If you're Mexican, from Mex uh, you're Mexican. And of course, there's still a lot of people that identify that way. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody has the right to identify how they would like. But we do, we do have that term that we use in the U.S. And I think that's kind of why you personally hadn't heard it when outside of the U.S yeah so definitely blew my mind uh like sarah mentioned uh, it's part of like society here too and i learned about this as well like during these events that sarah just mentioned so yeah definitely whoever's interested on take advantage of that you're more than welcome to come and everything's gonna be online but we're still gonna be like distributing like inform important information and like educating people educating ourselves is usually the way to go so yeah, uh, would you like to add anything else, Sarah? You know, I, I really want to encourage everybody to attend the events and learn. Um, we're all at different levels of learning. Uh, even myself, I, I think I learn something new at every event uh, that we host. 
Um, so I definitely encourage everybody to attend the events or reach out to me if you have any questions, not sure where to turn to. Um, don't be afraid to learn something new. I love that. Yeah, you never gotta be, you, you never should be afraid of learning something new. Well, I would say that was it for, uh, for today's show. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, joining us again next week for Maverick Dial, uh, Maverick Podcast Dial. No, Maverick. Maverick yeah. Inclusion Dial. Yes, 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 fue el, el nombre. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would say that's it for today. Thank you so much for, for joining us in the first episode for Maverick Inclusion Dial. Uh, join us next week again to learn more about diversity diversity and inclusion here at MSU State. And yeah, this was Ramiro Vinyan. And you want to say goodbye, Sarah? Yeah, thank you for having me on, Ramiro. And I hope everybody uh, can join next week and learn a little bit more about diversity and inclusion. As always, it was a pleasure. It was. Have a good day.